It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder. Arr! How dare you? This is my introduction. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from scottartist.com. And, and I'm Heather Artist from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for minute 114 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. In a bit of Pirates of the Caribbean Walt Disney World news, a classic piece of Pirates of the Caribbean history has returned in a new form at the theme park there. The talking skull that used to leave passengers with the infamous Dead Men Tell No Tales is now back, but this time, this speaking spirit serves a new purpose. An on-ride photo has been added to the Walt Disney World attraction just before the big drop near the beginning of the ride. The flash for the photo happens just after the skull delivers a line about Davy Jones. A crash of thunder is heard, along with a flash of lightning as a photo is taken. The eyes light up, which is pretty cool. So I think that there's a nice touch with the skull there. There are a couple of videos already posted, and the skull now gives the warning, be this vessel seaworthy, or be it worthy of Davy Jones. There's also another video we found, but the line it delivers is clearly different as it says, it be too late to alter course, and then there's the version about being ready to say hello to Davy Jones. So there's definitely a lot of different lines that seem to be coming out with this they've kind of randomized that up a bit which is pretty cool so i guess times have caught up and now it's not just one thing but they're doing a whole bunch of different lines so you can write it write it write it here different messages you got to go every time it's like clue there's a new (laughs) ending every time but in this case it'd be a new beginning every time so i guess we'll have to wait and hear how many versions there are out there but i thought that was pretty cool and maybe we'll get some reports from the field of people who have gone there and seen and had their photo taken you got to hold up a Pirates of the Caribbean minute sign when you go through that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was gone like 11 years. Was it? No way. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, I read it was gone for 11 years. It's a back after 11 years. Get out of here. Yeah. That's a long time to put a camera in there. Well, they must have taken it down for something else. Oh, I didn't do that kind they of research it on out. it. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, it said it was gone for 11 years. That's insanity. Yeah, they. I think they tried the other kind of skeleton type thing up there and it wasn't as popular. I see. So there was something there. It's not like yeah, they just no, took it. Yeah, no, there was something up there. Oh, now I have to go take a peek at that. But 11 yeah, years. It's 11 like, years. Come on, man. You should have had that camera installed 11 years ago, for God's <laughs> sakes. Hey, I'm just getting to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more Southern California than Florida. That's because that's what happened. The, the Doobie Brothers were in there messing around, supposed to be putting the camera in that thing. And we all know they were just toking it up in there. From Southern California, man. (laughs) Because at the time, that was popular 11 years ago. Now it's not. Yep. And they just waited all that time. Now they're all just old grizzled men in there. (laughs) Man, we should have really installed this a long time ago. (laughs) USB, what's that? (laughs) They didn't even know how to hook it up. (laughs) Yeah, they don't know any of that stuff now. It's all outdated. They finally got it going and it's like an analog camera. It's just like click and then we got to develop the film. And they're like, no. It's digital now. (laughs) It's Polaroid. 
Yeah, you so shake it. You're not supposed to shake it. That's what they say. How dare you just tell everybody that? Now everybody's going to ruin their Polaroids out there. Everybody just took a Polaroid has now ruined their picture because you just told them to shake it. Sorry about that. Let us know if your film that you just had developed, your Polaroid, needs to be replaced. We'll travel back to the 1980s. Oh, and they get have you some a new film. little camera, new Polaroid. Oh, you didn't know that? I came heard out a couple of years ago. Yeah. All right. But on other. Worthy Davy Jones idea news. Are we ready to say hello to Grapple and Mallet? That's all I have to say about that. That's it? Yeah. You ready to say hello then? Yeah. In the previous minute, Jack manages to ensure that Honest, or the ever-popular Dishonest derivation, makes up an incredible 18.5% of words in his three coherent sentences. Honestly, that use of Honest and Dishonest must be a record. Trust me, I'm Honest. Ha! Ha! Right back at you, Jack, with my whopping 26.7% achievement right there. Speaking of honest, Jack gives Monk a good kick in the arse, sets Will Turner's freedom in motion from the dishonest clubba, and cuddles up with the less-than-honest sword-wielding Barbosa for a little sea monster discussion. Honestly, that was one hell of a previous minute. <laughs> minute 114 begins with Elizabeth Swan climbing the side of the Black Pearl, peering into the open cannon port while Grapple and Mallet are debating a post-curse meal. What would you pick to eat first? Mallet says... I think we should decide now, just so we're ready when the time comes. The minute ends with Grapple and Mallet running topside after seeing Jack the monkey fall into the sea and realizing somebody is on board. Elizabeth emerges from hiding after eluding the pirate duo and goes below to the brig, the location of the imprisoned Motley crew. Gibbs exclaims, It's Elizabeth. I don't know about you, but I think there's really only one logical place to start here. With the food? You bet your (laughs) scurvy dog ass! It's with the food. I don't know how I guessed that one. Okay, my thought is on my notes, who in the cutthroat kitchen is preparing all these elaborate meals on the Black Pearl? Yeah, look at that cake. And finding time to bake and decorate cakes? Exactly. What the hell is going on here? And look at that turkey. And secondly, why are they not hanging around our house delivering such possible meals to us? I could use that. Come on, scurvy pirate. Get your butt over here. (laughs) This guy obviously has a curse wrapped up in his little thing. He He's just like, you know what? I'm going to embrace the curse and I'm just going to bake my little heart out. Yeah. Right? Because nobody can taste anything on the Black Pearl. So why are we baking such or making such wonderful food? Maybe that's his joke. Oh, maybe, maybe all of it is just tastes so nasty. <laughs> and he's just been baking away because he has no skills. He's just been honing the look of it. But if you actually taste it, it'd be just like it, actually tasting ash. It's like the turkey on Christmas vacation. Yeah, you exactly. You cut open it. It's <laughs> and everybody's chewing it. Crunch, crunch, crunch. That could be because nobody's going to know. It could be burnt and on fire inside. And it's still going to taste like ash yeah. no matter what. So yeah. ashes to ashes on that. That cake looked delicious though. And I, I think I'd start there also. With the cake? Yeah. You'd have to really weigh that. You've been, you haven't had hunger like this toiling at you for all those years. I think you'd be like Elizabeth with just a pile of stuff just going to town on it. <laughs> you'd have to try a little bit of everything. Just line it all up. Ten years tasting ash? Well, they really haven't probably tasted it because they haven't been eating at that point. But come on. And then there's also the open flame candlelight. A setting that flickering ambiance and glow with a hint of danger that a mere rocking of the boat could topple the candle and set the ship on fire. Oh, I love the danger. (laughs) It's all over. Hey, I think they're more about the look than they actually are about the dangers of fire. They're thinking, 
okay, the Dauntless goes around with candles in the open. The Interceptor does. We're skeleton pirates. We can't die. Let's just live a little. Let's have some of that pirate ambiance. But seriously, back to the guy cooking all this. Food turns to ash in their mouths. They don't have to eat because they can't die. And remember, I just said the whole ash thing. Not a lot of nutrition in ash from the last time I looked. And I'm going to make the wild assumption that the captive Motley crew aren't getting a meal fit for white linens and royalty either, right? But somebody's already eaten this cake. Well, it wasn't at first. It was whole when we first saw it, and then they cut into it. So I think they're just prepping their plates. It looked like it was whole in the very first shot, and then it was cut afterwards when they started divvying it up. I think they're just getting plates ready. Okay. That's my recollection of it. Heather's going to check that out, I and am? she's going to call me on it in tomorrow's episode. I think there I was a piece taken out How already. dare you try to catch and me And they were cutting in for another piece taken out. When we very first see the cake, it was whole. I'm going to check. Or was it the top that, no, did the top ha- cut too? Yeah. Then the very first time we see it, it was actually whole. Okay. We'll see. We will see. And then what? You'll right. admit that I am awesome that then. you're wrong. No, you'll you'll say, Scott, you're uh-huh. right. For the thousandth time, you are awesome and right. I examined that cake. You didn't examine it well enough. It was never a full cake. It was a full cake in the beginning. Okay. We shall see. Tomata. I'm making the wild assumption, like I said, that the Motley crew aren't getting really this meal besides, say, bread and water. Or maybe a stew. I don't know. But who's preparing all of this and for who then? Or is this the beginning of a grand spread for the return of the crew when they actually lift the curse? Is that what this is then? It's all for Elizabeth. It's not for Elizabeth. She's not even supposed to be there. It's for the um, the captives downstairs. I just said that the Motley crew that's imprisoned are yeah, getting probably bread them. and water. Why would they, they go through all this trouble and then they're like, you know, the one thing we do right here, we treat our prisoners with one hell of a meal. Maybe. It's like Mayberry. The jail is all decorated with doilies and lamps and stuff. No, this isn't Mayberry jail. Maybe the cook just absolutely loves to cook. Well, I said that. That was one hypothesis. But the other one is, because you won't answer the question, is this the cook just preparing for when the curse is lifted? That way all this food is ready for everybody to eat. No, the cook just loves to cook. And so he's cooking for the Motley crew. He's cooking for Elizabeth. He's cooking for whoever. So you're saying whenever he gets it. a chance, he just wants somebody to taste his food. Yeah. So he's cooking away. Yeah. He he loves to cook. Obviously, okay. he loves to cook. Look at that cake and that turkey. In 300 years, I can't wait to be a contestant on Master Chef. 300 years old, you be look as good as I. <laughs> That's 900 years old. Anyways, <laughs> you said 300, so <laughs> I that stuck is with a, the 300. I am impressed with your Star Wars reference, though. <laughs> but if it really is there, this food. Mm-hmm. For the entire crew, when they come back and the curse is lifted so they can all taste it, then I do have to say party foul on Grapple and Mallet for actually cutting that beautiful cake before everybody else could see it happen. They wanted to make sure they got some. Well, that's a stabbing crime, if I do say so myself. <laughs> because, you know, all those people are coming back and they're all hungry. They haven't had, they've always tasted at they've tasted ash for the last 10 years so they're all going to be chowing down. You want to get as much as you could before everybody comes back. But that's my thing. Party fell. Maybe. It's they're a gonna stabbing hide. crime. Maybe they're going to hide the rest of that cake so nobody knows they actually got into it. Well, that's possible. But really, Barbosa comes back and the rest of the crew, they're like, I can't wait to get a piece of that cake. Maybe they don't know it's there. 
come on. The cook is so proud of that cake. He's telling everybody, you're going to have a piece of cake when you come back. And then they're going to come back and it's all going to be gone. And they're going to see frosting on mallet and <laughs> grapple's faces. And they're going to know exactly what happened. That's just ridiculous. I did want to back up mallet and agree that it really is the best plan. What are you going to eat and taste first after a decade of waiting? That's a big decision not to be taken oh, lightly. Yeah. I could just see them sitting around and salivating over their first meal in 10 years. And I think that's why they cut the cake is they're just sitting there staring at it. Yeah. They're probably eating it and imagining what it tastes like. They're just so excited to get that. (laughs) Because pirates sitting around talking about what they're going to eat. That just tells you they really want to taste some food now. (laughs) Included with this elaborate dining experience, we do find our pirates are about to dine on some lamb. They have turkey. Of course, a couple of adult beverages that are stationed on the table. Yeah, they each have a bottle of rum. We mentioned the cake. And now I'm thinking we just might have the definitive identification guide for those many exotic tropical fruits adorning the table. Which, by the way, somebody's screwing with Barbosa because there's no apples there. They Either Barbosa keeps apples all to himself, but I didn't see an apple in that. Oh, the, you didn't know? <laughs> You're such a liar. You're going to make the, something up. The bushel of apples is all in his cabin. That's what I just said. He's got to be hoarding it for himself. Yeah, he's not sharing those apples. He's waited too dang long for the apples. Ten years is a long time to waste. No, I could really use an apple, but Barbosa's only giving me this damn Buddha's hand. Yeah. No, what are we supposed to do with this damn Buddha's hand? That's (laughs) no apple. Each take a finger. Yeah. And there's actually no pulp or juice in those things. It's actually, you're just supposed to like shave the fruit and use it as stuff. Oh, really? You can candy it or you can add it to drinks. So maybe they're going to add it to some drinks to, you know, the shavings of that, that kind of stuff. But we saw papaya, what we think are red anju pears, tamarillos, Buddha's hand, as we mentioned, kawano, karuba, grapefruit. And I think I may have missed another citrus fruit along the way that was sitting there, but I don't recall. Was there something else there? No, I think it was just the grapefruit all sliced up in different sections. Well, I don't remember what there was. That's possible. But they have quite the fruit bowl set up happening on the Black Pearl. So they really are at least a little health conscious, which is nice. Yes. They might be cursed pirates, but thanks to John Hammond, they spared no expense on the food here. <laughs> Maybe that's who's in the kitchen. He's like, one day I really hope to get a job at Jurassic Park. I'd really like to prepare a lot of desserts and stuff for those kids. And those velociraptors yeah. that come in. Since we were talking about Buddha's hand, actually, because it is that weird funky fruit back there. Uh-huh. The seeds, because I just happened to stumble upon a couple of quick facts about the Buddha's hand. Which everybody was probably going, oh my god, I really wish he would give me some Buddhist facts out there. Not Buddhist facts, I should say. Not Okay, we're not talking about Buddhist, we're talking about Buddha's hand, the citron. Seeds were actually found in a Mesopotamian dig site dating back to 4000 BC. But historians tend to disagree as to whether the seeds were brought from the Mediterranean to Asia or from Asia to the Mediterranean. It's a chicken and egg thing there. Okay. But it's generally thought that Buddha's hand originated in Asia... And the Buddha's hand citron reportedly made its way from Japan to California. And we actually, weirdly enough, there's like a small crop that is actually grown out here. Seriously? Bizarre. Yeah, I guess some people want this thing. Do I mean, you, know, you do see them in the stores, grocery stores every, every once in a while. once in a while. But, well, they have to unload it. They're like, oh my God, son, they're finally ready to harvest. Got to unload the Buddha's hand. And then you have to pay them to take the Buddha's hand off your hand. <laughs> hand off your hand. I'm trying to yeah. do a Jack Honest thing there. What did you find out? What part of California? I didn't get into that. Okay. I was just curious. This isn't Buddha's hand 101 or it's probably something Buddha's farming, or, you know, 
We're going to start our Buddha's Hand farming podcast, and it's going to be so niche. We'll probably have the entire population of farmers, and that's like one person that it will be yes. <laughs> listening to us. Now back to pirates. I failed to mention it yesterday, but there was a great transition from Jack and Barbosa fighting in the treasure cave to Elizabeth arriving at the Black Pearl, which she kind of did at the last minute, and now we see it here. But the music ramps up for this continuation of their sword fight, and it's after this map discussion when they pull each other close and have a few words or exchange a few words. And suddenly, that scene ends with a more peaceful piece. So it's like sword fight, music ramps up really quick, cut to just kind of more of a peaceful type of music. So it's that fast-paced action to something fitting of Elizabeth sneaking on board the Pearl. What's interesting is let me play a clip from the movie here. And then I'll play one from the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride because it struck me as that there might be some similar notes going on here. Let me know what you think. When I first heard this music, which does continue in this minute, it reminded me of the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland, as I said. It has a lot of the same elements and just might be a subtle reference to the ride itself. Maybe it's my imagination or maybe it's not. I don't know. I've kind of lost my mind. Sometimes when I listen to it, I hear the similarities and other times maybe not so much. So I think it's like, what layer am I focusing on during that particular minute with that music and sound effects? I think that might be part of it. Yeah. Or I could just be talking myself into it. It's like I'm selling myself some oceanfront property in Arizona. Does that? It sounds really close to me. Yeah, I mean, we'll let other people, well, yeah. they can hear it and they can want to weigh in on it. They can do so in the Cursed Crew listeners group on our Facebook group. So you can find that on our through our website or through our Facebook page at Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. You can do that. But yeah, it sounds like there are some similar notes. And if so, it's really kind of like a cool Easter egg or a cool reference back to the ride itself. Yeah. It's really interesting. So you heard it and you can let us know what you think. Now it's time we actually tackle the monkey in the room here captain jack monkey yeah the monkey has gotten a little too comfortable getting what he wants or at least frightening people into getting what he wants or they're just running off after they see him well as pirate captain it's not necessarily surprising that people are typically giving him this fearful reaction Uh or fearful respect should i say but that's not really where i wanted to go with this but i just saw like you had dropped in an opportunity to give a nod to the monkey captain hypothesis, so I had to take it. What is awesome here is the continuation of Elizabeth Swan as the freed woman symbol. She escaped confinement, disobeyed Norrington and Governor Swan, and even Gillette, and is off to handle things while the boys play with their swords and bones. Right? <laughs> yep. It's great because she has come to forego the scared woman during her first go-around with the skeleton monkey. And even the skeleton crew, where she actually kind of hides under the stairs that go up to the deck yeah. there. And then the monkey pops down. She gets frightened and runs off and right. runs back into the cabin and Barbosa Into Barbosa's hands. Yeah. There we arms. go. Exactly. It's kind of an interesting full circle since Jack was kind of just in Barbosa's arms during the sword fight. Uh-huh. This time, the second round with the monkey, though, it actually goes to Elizabeth. She delivers a knockout blow, sends them to Davy Jones's locker, kind of. But she's not scared. She's composed. She's able to take action, knowing this little twerp is not going to interrupt what she has to do. And no one is actually going to interrupt what she has to do. She's standing her ground and fighting back. She's done being scared. And it kind of reminds me of another movie, but I can't seem to put my finger on it right now, where it's finally 
like there's a supernatural thing and then somebody finally realizes okay these aren't going to hurt me and then they just kind of stand their ground and they have then the supernatural element or whatever it was had no power over them because they knew that it couldn't hurt them does that ring kind of a bell no no it's like oh they can't hurt me this little dude's not going to hurt me i'm way bigger than him he's just a little skeleton monkey okay sorry it does remind me of something so i think there is something out there that is similar to that, or at least that kind of reference point. But She's anyways, Elizabeth is basically, yeah, she's standing her ground and we've seen this theme develop with her over the entire movie. And now it's really come to a pinnacle for her character in this particular minute. Yeah. We'll see it kind of go further as she actually becomes more of that pirate person. But for now we've actually seen her go from scared say of the, the skeleton crew yeah. to accepting it. And now she doesn't care and she's going to do what she has to do to get the job done. Yeah. Not that she wasn't a strong woman, but we've seen her actually grow as a character during this time and accept what's happened here, which yep. is cool. In the look on Jack the monkey's face, he's just kind of, at first he, he kind of screams at her. And then all of a sudden when she frowns at him, he gets this look like, what's going on here? Yeah. He's you know, deflated. My, and- my tricks aren't working anymore. How's this not working? Why is she not afraid? Yeah, he's got his uh his field hurt. <laughs> yeah, he realizes now this is my only card and yeah. it doesn't work. Oh. Yeah. And, and then he runs off. Yeah. And then she grabs him and beats him. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean something happened. We know that. She wasn't pleasant to the little guy. No, he ended up on top of the cannon. Bonked on top over, of the yeah. pan- cannon and then stand just kind of sitting on it and then plop exactly. into the drink. And since we're right at that point, would you consider Grapple and Mallet a pair? Because we have said that this movie was a movie of pairs and even Norman from Lord of the Rings Minute brought it up when he was on last week. We do see them somewhat together a couple of times, but I get the sense that they are this undeveloped pairing. Yeah. They're a pair, but we haven't really seen them as a pair right. too much in this movie, except really this is their big moment to, to pair to it shine. up. To shine. Yeah. And maybe it's appropriate given both their names are reflective of their choice of weapons. So maybe that's why they're paired they're up. They're paired. Right there. Tells you. Exactly. So maybe that's it. As sad as it is, I also don't have any real comment with Gibbs or the Motley crew. Those guys just hanging out in the jail cell there. It's like they're having a discussion. They're all in a round table. Well, they're... Trying to figure trying out, to how, figure to get out out. how to get out of there. They yeah. hear everything going on. But they must have been talking something that they didn't want other people to hear. Because when Elizabeth, he hears Elizabeth come, he tells everybody, shh. Yeah. And he, he says, it's Elizabeth. Yeah, he doesn't want them to hear or he's trying to hear what they're saying. But I think it's they're trying to devise a plan of getting out of there. Because they know, at least I imagine they know that the Dauntless is out there in, the, in all the Navy, the Navy men, right? The sailors, the seamen, do they know the Dauntless is out there? Because if they do, then they're thinking, the last thing we want to do is be locked in this cell if this ship goes down. Right. Well, if they're peering out the same hole that Jack was peering out. Well, we'd have to look at what side they're on. They're like, you know what? I don't see anything. I hear all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Mo, you moron. It's the wrong side. (laughs) So that's a good question. I don't, because she comes down the stairs. And so that's what I don't, yeah, we'd have to see what that's like. I don't know what side they're on. I'd have to really think about that. Yeah. But I don't think it's on the right side, actually. I think they're on the you other don't? side. Because she comes down the stairs. Yeah. And they're, I don't know. They're on her right-hand side. Or left-hand side. Oh, uh, let's sorry. not try. Let's not go down that road. 
Do we really want to sit here and debate which side of the boat it is while we're trying to do this? No, we're debating. I was just informing. Well, we're going to be sitting here thinking and trying to like manipulate it in our mind and then go back and all that stuff. Okay. I don't know if they're on the right side of the boat or ship, I should say, for that. Okay. That's the question. How are they on the right side? They're on the left side. They're on the left side. Jack was on the right side. Oh, okay. That's at least what I think. I think Jack was on the right side. So then they couldn't peer out. Now look what you did. You just, everybody had to sit through us. Talking about the stupid side of the ship that they're on. That's just crazy stuff there. I did see something I thought was a bit off when Elizabeth was coming down the stairs to the brig. Between the wall and the stairs are these stacked barrels. It's pretty dark, but it does appear the barrels are just a thin section of the barrels that are, well, maybe used as decoration on the wall. Not just a stack of functional barrels, but these slices, these sections that have been then mounted on the wall to appear to be more stacked. It's a possible feng shui thing going on and maybe barbosa had somebody come on and arrange their ship for them like that just to help counteract the curse that's possible i have a different idea i didn't see them stacked i seen them kind of ones here ones there type of thing but i'm thinking they stored them there and they actually use them for like the bushel of apples or for doing different so you're saying stuff that there's holes in the carrying... wall? Or are they just like stacked no in the there's wall? like nails holding them up on the wall so they're just partial barrels that they're using to store things in? To move things around the ship to do carry things in. I don't think so. That's what I think. And I think that's the best place to store them is on the wall. They're out of the way right there. So they're just, basically they have like a half barrel or a quarter barrel. Yeah. And they're just, this is where they store, they don't stack them up in a corner or anything like that. They hang them on the wall. There are different sizes. And they just hang them on the wall there and then they yeah, can grab one. they were out it. of the way. Oh, maybe. I don't know. They were out of the way there? That just, that seems a little too organized for these pirate guys. Like, you know, these things are just not working for me stacked in the corner over here. Can somebody hang these on the wall? They're out of the way. And it looks nice, It's too. unused space right there. Okay. They're out of the way. I don't know. They don't Maybe. have to worry about it. It's easy to grab. Maybe it is. Maybe. Put some chow in there. I can't Maybe say... the kitchen's somewhere close I can't... to that. What do you mean? Ch- well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll let everyone out there be the judge on why the barrels and these sections are just hanging on the wall like that. Functional use or... Well... Functional use or just okay. a more practical set design to make it easy to look like there's barrels stacked around and stuff. Mine's for functional use. Okay. It makes more sense. Because now you got me in this realm of uncertainty and it's nothing exciting, but it's just about barrel usage <laughs> on the <laughs> ship. I think I'm just going to have to actually call this minute done because I don't know if I want to go down this road anymore. We've talked about barrels <laughs> hanging on the wall. We talked about what side of the ship Gibbs is on and his crew so he can peer out. I mean, this is some hot topics <laughs> for a minute 114. About, about fruit. And fruit. I mean, this is a spectacular just getting you the details that you need to know. <laughs> you cake. guys left the theater way back in 2003. And even every time you watch it on DVD or Blu-ray, you're going, God, these are some unanswered questions about barrels and <laughs> what side of the ship are they on? My God, what's going on with that fruit bowl? I know you're asking it, and we just delivered. What's Another, that thing hanging off the t- back of the turkey? Was it hanging so, off the back of the it turkey? Looked like it it was. did look like it, because that was <laughs> what I said. How dare you bring that up? I say we just call it good. So we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 115, and hopefully some additional details that you really want to know of the Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum, 
And hell, while you're at it, let's go club hauling. More fruit facts, please. No <laughs> fruit facts. Ricola, do you know this pirate? Only by name. Find Ricola for me and relay the message from Captain Salazar and tell him I need <coughs> a lozenge because I can't keep up this creepy voice very long. Will you tell that to him? Please? Now let's thank the listeners. So Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.